it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. FC Cincinnati takes on the Philadelphia Union in the MLS Cup playoffs. Coverage begins tonight at 8 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Let's go! This is the OrthoCincy Mo Egger Show. OrthoCincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the orthopedic authority. Now, here's Mo Egger on ESPN 1530. That's right. It's a Thursday, which means it's the OrthoCincy Mo Egger Show. OrthoCincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the orthopedic authority. Uh, by the way, you never need an appointment when you go to OrthoCincy. Check out OrthoCincy, OrthoCincy.com. Dot com. Uh, pleased to have them aboard. Thrilled to have you with me this afternoon. It's our last show of the week. We are loaded. We're going to go to Philadelphia, chat with our guy Pat Brennan coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. FC Cincinnati tonight, two wins away from playing for a championship. Pat covers the team for the Inquirer. He'll join us in about uh, 15 minutes. Also, Chad Brendel, a little bit later this hour to talk Bearcats v. Mustangs. UC coming off the bye on the road in Dallas against SMU. Jay Morrison a little bit later on. The good news is Jamar Chase out there in the practice field for the portion of practice that uh, media could watch today. Alex Kappel was not seen by the reporters covering the uh, first part of practice. We'll chat with Jay about that and so much more as the Bengals get set to host the Atlanta Falcons coming up in uh, just about one hour. Our show preview available on Twitter at Moegger, a service of TicketJungle.com. Uh, the game on Sunday, Bengals and Falcons, if you're looking for tickets, um, you can go a lot of different places. The place you should go is TicketJungle.com. They sponsor our show preview video. Use promo code MO1530 at checkout. And by the way, uh, especially, and I talked to a handful of folks who went to New Orleans. They did not have tickets. They went to TicketJungle.com. On Friday, they got seats, got a great deal for any road game. Check out TicketJungle.com. Um, we have just so much today. I'm going to start with this. The game tonight, FC Cincinnati is on the road against a Philadelphia Union team. This is going to be an uphill battle for the Orange and Blue, despite their regular season success against the Philadelphia Union. Uh, we're talking about a team they'll play tonight that had a plus 46 goal differential during the regular season. We're talking about a team that gave up just 26 goals all year. When FC Cincinnati was at its best, they were at times this year an absolute goal-scoring machine. It's a team that has improved so much offensively against one of the stingiest teams in the league. They've got the goalkeeper of the year in Major League Soccer, according to a number of people who write and vote about such things. They have a nine-match home winning streak. This is a team, the Philadelphia Union, that has had recently a ton of regular season success, but not a ton of postseason success against the proverbial upstart. I think that does FC Cincinnati a little bit of a disservice when you talk about a team like that. I remember last year with UC football uh, when we discussed their college football playoff bona fides and their chances against Alabama, and at times... I thought the Cinderella talk went a little bit too far. This wasn't St. Peter's in the NCAA tournament. This was a program 
with like a bunch of legitimate NFL dudes. And by the way, the way a lot of those dudes have played as pros would be evidence of that. And I would say often, not so much here, but when I would do interviews and talk with people around the country, this isn't some mangy group of upstarts. This isn't some ragtag group of guys that nobody wanted. This is a really well-constructed football team with guys that a lot of programs would love to have and guys that a lot of programs tried to get. FC Cincinnati, it's similar, right? whole lot of dudes that would fit in in pretty much uh, any franchise in Major League Soccer. At the same time, this franchise was a three-time wooden spoon winner. Uh, they were the worst franchise in Major League Soccer for their first three years in the league. They were often offensively inept, and you talk about a goal-scoring machine, they were a goal-allowing machine. MLS.com. Uh, one of their chief writers did preseason power rankings, had FC Cincinnati at 27. And so, yes, uh, there is, for lack of a better term, a bit of a Cinderella component at play here, right? At the same time, maybe this team didn't get to the postseason with ease, but they played really well over the final one-third of the season. When they absolutely had to get a point, they did. They played great down the stretch. This is, and I felt this way all season long, uh, just watching them side-by-side side with teams like New York City FC and the Philadelphia Union, they look like they belong on the same field. I'm not the guy who's going to do a deep dive into soccer tactics. That's not my jam. I don't try to pretend it's my jam. What I can tell you, though, is I trust my eyes, right? I can tell you when it feels like a team belongs on the field with its competitor. The first three years of Major League Soccer for FC Cincinnati, I didn't feel that way. This year, I did. But there's a trope here that I love. And I don't know if this is going to matter tonight, right? FC Cincinnati made the postseason. FC Cincinnati won a postseason game. There, there is and should be a great amount of confidence in the people in charge of this franchise right now. Uh, Pat Noonan, Chris Albright, they seem to be aligned. Feels like they know what they're doing. The organization was aggressive in acquiring talent that made the team better. They got guys during the season that improved their chances of getting to the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They didn't choke. They went to New Jersey. They fell behind. They won a playoff game. This season will go down as a smashing success regardless of what happens tonight in Philadelphia. I think anybody who cares about this franchise, whether you're a diehard, hardcore fan or somebody who's a little bit more casual in your viewing, this season has been an overwhelming success, and maybe it sets up an even brighter future. It sort of feels like that's the case. You hate to say they're playing with house money. You hate to say they've got nothing to lose because you don't know when you're going to be in this position again. At the same time, I love the juxtaposition of that sort of team against the team they play tonight, which... For all of their recent regular season success, uh, I've I've read pieces in Philly. I've listened to a couple of podcasts. Uh, as as much as a lot of folks who follow Major League Soccer tend to want to separate what a team does during the regular season from what it does during the postseason, there's an element of randomness to this postseason. We're not playing best of three series. We're not playing best of five series. It's one and done, right? It's one and done. Um, at the same time, the postseason success has not matched the regular season success. And it does feel like, and we'll talk about this with Pat Brennan here in just a few minutes, it does feel like the team that FC Cincinnati plays tonight 
as good as it was during the regular season, is playing with a little bit more pressure than the team that just won a playoff game this past Saturday. What is that going to equate to tonight? How is that going to impact the outcome? I don't know. What I can tell you watching FC Cincinnati, and again, I might not be the soccer tactics guy, but I do think years of watching sports has allowed me to detect when I think a team is pressing or when it's a little bit too tight or maybe at times when it's playing a little bit too free and easy. I've watched FC Cincinnati down the stretch. I've watched them at times this year in games after games that they gave away and either didn't win or lost or only got one point when they should have gotten three. I haven't watched them and thought they're playing up tight culminating with that regular season finale against D.C. United. So I get a free and easy team tonight that is, I don't want to say playing pressure-free, but they're not burdened with the history that the Philadelphia Union are. Meanwhile, there, it does feel like there is a fair amount of pressure that the top seed in the conference, they're hosting a team tonight on short rest. They did not beat FC Cincinnati this season. And that, to me, is another interesting dynamic when it comes to this game. They played twice. One game was a draw. Another was a 3-1 FC Cincinnati win. And there is obviously, with the people in charge of this franchise, an incredible amount of familiarity in play here with Albright and Noonan having Philadelphia Union roots. This is going to be a lot of fun tonight. 14 minutes after 3 o'clock. We'll get to the Bengals coming up here in just a bit. Chad Brendel in 30 minutes on uh, UC Football as the Bearcats get set to play SMU. Cincinnati a field goal favorite. Uh, they've got to play better. There's a part of UC's offense that I'm mystified by its absence. That coming up at uh, 350. Looking forward to that, as always, with uh, Chad Brendel. It is uh, 14 minutes after 3 o'clock, as always. 513-749-1530 can get you in on Twitter, at Mo Egger. Let's go to Philly. Pat Brendan, that's where he's from. That's where he is. He's covering FC Cincinnati tonight. He'll talk about tonight's tilt when we come back. This is the Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, 19 minutes after 3 o'clock. This is ESPN 1530. We've got the game tonight starting at uh, 8 o'clock, FC Cincinnati and the Philadelphia Union. And uh, the conference semifinal round of the MLS Cup playoffs covering the game, covering FC Cincinnati for the Inquirer and Cincinnati.com. And uh, in the middle of a day-long media tour is our buddy Pat Brennan. He is on Twitter, at PBrennanENQ, and he's with us now. So excited, I'm sure, to be covering a team in his hometown. What's going on? Mo, it's, uh, this is, my, this is the, the, be- the stop that I'm most excited for on the, the media tour today. So thank you for having me on, in all seriousness. I, I appreciate you coming on, as always. Uh, I, know, I know you have a lot going on today. Um, Put this in context for me here, right? So Philadelphia Union, the only team in the Eastern Conference they could not beat this season was FC Cincinnati. Still, they had a plus 46 goal differential. They've won nine straight matches at home. They gave up 26 goals all season long. They look loaded. If FC Cincinnati can go on the road and win this game tonight, how huge of an upset would it be? My gosh, wow. It it would be one of the biggest um, upsets in – uh, the recent years in MLS Cup playoff history, just, I mean, for the simple fact that FC Cincinnati is, you know, the lowest remaining seed in this year's playoffs on either side of the bracket, East or Western Conference. And then you just think about the fact that the Union have been, you know, a standard bearer, not just in terms of wins and losses, but in 
in terms of how you build a team and getting a return, maximum return on minimum investment. They're one of the lowest spending teams in the league, Mo, and yet they have this like juggernaut uh, group this year that's just, you know, they, they've been, they run riot offensively. They've been historically good defensively. And contrast that with FC Cincinnati's recent history of just, you know, abject, I don't, you know, I want to use the word failure, but it's what it's been for the last three years. So th- this would be, uh, mon- this would be a monumental upset, but FC Cincinnati's shown they can play with Philadelphia and uh, it, it should be a good game, suffice it to say. I was talking about this before I brought you on. So, and, and you could speak to this certainly far better than me. One of my, one of my favorite sort of tropes in sports is the, the, the <laughs> team that keeps getting to the postseason. They have a lot of regular season success, but they're still looking for a huge postseason breakthrough. Yeah. Philadelphia Union, they've been postseason perennials, had the best record in the conference. They're hosting this game. They have home field throughout, right? I mean, it feels to me like there's a fair amount of pressure on that team to not just win tonight, but win the whole thing, whereas FC Cincinnati, I hate the term house money, uh, but because it minimizes what they could accomplish if they win tonight. It minimizes their chances, but, I mean, let's let's be real. They 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 were wooden spoon regulars, and now they're in the the quarterfinal round of of the league's playoff tournament. This season goes down as a smashing success, no matter what. How much of of that could be in play tonight? I think anyone that has played organized sports or college sports, all the way down to beer league softball, mo can appreciate the dynamic that you're talking about, and I really mean that. The idea of being the underdog that's already overachieved going up against the team of whom in Philadelphia's case, all the expectations are of them. And there's a great chance Philadelphia comes out tonight and plays super tight because of that. You know, there's, there's also a train of thought that uh, FC Cincinnati might have to weather a little bit of a storm in the first 20, 25 minutes of this game, because, you know, it's going to be a sold out crowd. Obviously, apparently they've been selling, standing room tickets uh, for this match for close to a week. So it's not like Philly Philly had to scurry to sell these tickets. People are going to be there. It's going to be noisy, you know, maybe uh, the, the, uh, like a a decent home crowd, which New York didn't have that against uh, Cincinnati on Saturday, you know, maybe that'll help them push through here, but I, 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 you're absolutely right. Like there's a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, it's a, it's a look ahead game. If you want to put it in that, in terms of that sports cliche as well, again, because like you said, it's not just for, uh, Philadelphia has been to this round and won before, uh, the expectation is for them to go significantly farther than this. And like we've already established, Cincinnati has played them. You know, I don't, I don't think any team in MLS this year frustrated Philadelphia the way Cincinnati did. And, uh, it's it's just everything on paper screams should be Philadelphia, but just what people that watch Cincinnati regularly know they are not going to be, they are not to be counted out. And uh, they're certainly not to be counted out against the Philadelphia team that they finally, after four seasons had great success against this year. Given, given the, the lineage, which connects uh, the front office and the coaching staff from Cincinnati to the Philadelphia union, how much do you attribute this team's success against Philadelphia to having that familiarity? Um, a, a lot, uh, obviously a lot, you know, no, uh, Philadelphia's got, you know, a couple key new players in the fold this year that 
um, GM Chris Albright, who came from Philadelphia, and head coach Pat Noonan, who came from Philadelphia, would have nothing to do with in terms of acquiring them and bringing them into Philly. But, you know, outside of those players, very few people will know Philadelphia the way Chris Albright and Pat Noonan will. And that's scary. That's another thing that's really scary for Philadelphia, you know, um, in terms of the, the meat of the Philadelphia starting lineup and players up and down the bench, Pat Noonan knows what makes them tick. He knows all their tender spots and he knows what they're great at. So um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that you have two people intimately familiar with how that team was built and the players in the, on the roster and the fact that Cincinnati played them so well, that's just, you know, I think, and this is, this sounds, I make it sound worse than it is, but do I think FC Cincinnati was maybe trading on, insider information there in terms of preparing for and beating the union back in August. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And it'll be the case again tonight. All right. What did they expose that they have to attack tonight? Um, well, I think that's a really tough question. <laughs> Philadelphia is so good. I think, look, um, Philadelphia has a goalkeeper who is the three-time reigning goalkeeper of the year. They have a center back who was named defensive player of the year this year. Uh, Brandon Vasquez stole that boy's lunch money in the game in August at TQL Stadium. Really roughed him up good. Um, Philadelphia really had trouble dealing with um, kind of some of the backdoor runs, the off-ball runs of players like Vasquez, of Brenner. And if you can, you know, obviously FC Cincinnati's kind of triumvirate of all-star players, Brandon Vasquez, Lucho Acosta, Brenner, they need to stand up and be counted tonight. And if, if they can, you know, if they can play uh, the way they're capable of playing, even if one of them, of the three, you don't even need all three firing tonight. If you can get one of those guys to come out and, you know, brush the, brush the union back early, uh, play them hard, keep them honest, and kind of avoid a deluge early on. I think it just, you know, it, it's going to open the game up for Cincinnati and uh, Philadelphia's show. They have they have significant trouble keeping track of Vasquez and Brenner and Lucho when when they're on the field. So, if, if Cincinnati can replicate that. Um, this could be a long night for Philadelphia, and you cannot rule that out. Not many people pick FC Cincinnati in this game. It's tough for me to get a read on how it's going to go tonight, but you you, you cannot you absolutely cannot rule FC Cincinnati out in this game. That would be insanity at this point in the year. There there is a rest versus rust component. Obviously, FC Cincinnati yes. just played five days ago. Philadelphia Union. It's been nearly two weeks. This is probably a stupid question. How how often is there an unequal amount of rest between two teams in the regular season? Not often, Mo. Uh, MLS has uh, you know more games than the NFL, but there's kind of a similar cadence in that you get it's Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Throw in a midweek game, but mostly you're you're uh, everyone's playing with the same amount of rest. And I, that's a really hot topic in sports right now in general because of the baseball playoffs, right? And, and yeah. especially in the National League, the great teams that got uh, just crunched and spit up and chewed out 
by by um, the opposition. Um, you, you know, can say the Phillies. Think, it's okay. We're not going to get mad. No, no, it's all right. I Look, I'm trying not to turn the knife there. I, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the MLB postseason right now. I know, you know, I know where the Reds are at. I, I really don't want to turn the knife. I, I, you know. Have I been to a game or two since I got back into town? Maybe, Mo, maybe. And maybe oh, I'll go again okay. tomorrow. You, ne- you never know. You never know. But seriously, um, look, I-, I think that's a really interesting thing. And there's only one team in each conference that gets a bye, uh, LAFC in the West, Philly in the East. They'll both play tonight. So we'll see if there's a hangover effect from having that long layoff. If, if I had to choose between the two, I would prefer to have um, – played five days ago and played really well five days ago and won, which is FC Cincinnati versus not having played for 11 days. I, I, I don't, you know, that's going to, that's a tall order to get yourself up for, you know, a team that's already got a play, uh, a playoff win under their belt versus, um, you, you know, you, you can do, you can practice as hard as you want and run as hard as you want, and drill the guys into the ground. And Philadelphia is obviously a great team. The regular season record indicates that, but, you cannot replicate uh, the pressure of a game environment and certainly not the pressure of a playoff game environment. Cincinnati's been there this year. Philadelphia has not. Uh, Two more, and and these don't have so much to do with the game. One has to do with the season. Uh, Often in sports, if if a coach, especially a first-year coach, uh, shows up in a place where the team wasn't very good, and the team ends up being pretty good and exceeds expectations, that coach – is either a finalist or wins that league's coach of the year award. Pat Noonan was not even a finalist. Can you explain to me why? No, I can't. I can't. Um, I have theories as to why, you know, MLS is like a fractured league in terms of how people follow it and, you know, media types, how they want to follow it. I think, you know, your, your three finalists for that job are the head coach of the Philadelphia union first place team in the east the head coach of the second place team which are wilford nancy at montreal and uh the head coach of los angeles galaxy who are the regular season champions in mls you know all these guys are deserving of recognition but i think it's a joke to me i think it's if it's insulting to pat noonan it's really insulting to fc cincinnati for the year that they had and the thing that sets pat noonan apart from those three finalists and you know, others whose name was up for that job is the ceiling or the, the floor was so much lower here and the ceiling was so much lower here than it was at all of those three places that I just mentioned. And Pat Noonan um, exceeded all expectations, uh, was nowhere near the floor for his team, absolutely smashed through the ceiling and was competitive with all the teams that I just mentioned in the standings. So, uh, there's no question in my mind that his coaching job in this league was the best this year. I voted for him for that, and not just so that I could tell him I did and kind of kiss up to him. I think it's the correct answer. Uh, why? You know, I think people just people don't like FC Cincinnati and MLS media circles. It's an easy team to dump on over the last three years because of how bad they were, and I think there's a reluctance in the league to give them their due credit now that they've come up in the world. Um, I don't exactly know why that is. I think some of it has to do with just a distaste for Jeff Birding and trying to do things differently for the first few years like they did. But um, it's distasteful, and 
you know, it's it's disrespectful to Pat Noonan, who is respected in MLS. I'm surprised he wasn't at least a finalist. Yeah, that 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 jumped off the page to me. One more, and and I know you'll answer this objectively. A, a big sort of, I don't know, subplot to the last couple of weeks has been around the league, but certainly here, uh, MLS is shifting to a streaming deal with Apple, which is phasing out local broadcasts. I yeah. think this for two reasons. One. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we carry the games on radio, but, but yeah. the, the crew that FC Cincinnati has employed the last few years does an excellent job. Uh, I like those people a lot. I also feel like when there's less of a local presence in any sport, um, fans lose out, you know, and, and I, yeah. you know, I've always believed the NFL, NFL coverage would be better if you had local announcers. So I know that's, yeah. that's, that's not ever going to happen. Um, Objectively speaking, is what they're doing. I have a hard time believing this is good for the league because there's people like me, like I'm a casual fan. Uh, Channel 64 is easy for me, man. It's right there. I turn it on. Yeah. There's Tommy. There's Kevin. There's Alex. I got the game. I'm not paying extra for an app. Uh, yeah, I'm man. okay streaming stuff. I subscribe to stuff. I'll watch the Thursday night football game. I just, if you're a diehard, you're going to go where the games are. I get it. For a, For a league that I think wants more people like me, this, this strikes me as, as counterproductive to that. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I think it's completely counterintuitive. Um, I think it's a shame that we're going to lose. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen like in totality with Tommy G and Kevin McCloskey sure. and Alex Steck. And I want to give Lindsay a shout-out, too, because she did a great job Absolutely. for four seasons. So, no question. Uh, Lindsay Patterson. I, I, I don't know if there's a way to keep them – in the loop. I hope there is, and I hope there's a way FC Cincinnati can keep them engaged and covering the team in some capacity. I don't know exactly how this is going to look, but what you said is just dead on correct, and I don't have much to add to it. You know, to for MLS is a team that has its hardcore fans, and they make the stadiums look cool, and they care a lot, and they're the ones that buy tickets. But in order to obtain like the critical mass and the 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 the, the true national appeal, which is where the money is. You know, you need to be on basic cable. I feel like you, it, it, the the I know so many people who would be inclined to look into soccer or continue following this team that will probably have to check out because they just, you know, whether Apple TV is too hard for them to to kind of, you know to kind of, to wrap their heads around that I, I don't I mean that <laughs> insulting way. It's just they're going to lose people. People are going to fall off the bandwagon. And, uh, you know, I have to think that there are people smarter than me that are willing to take that gamble and they've thought this through and they see a positive end result from, from, from this switch to Apple TV. But uh, I don't see it. And I think there's a, a short-term hit and a, a real possibility that those, you might lose those people permanently because you have so many people right now that are engaged in FC Cincinnati in a way that they wouldn't otherwise be. And they might have completely missed the buildup to this yeah. postseason run and therefore not be paying attention to it without Star 64. I just – well it doesn't make a ton I, of I sense to me. Like, I also feel like for a franchise that is still, you know, and not in its infancy necessarily, but is, is still new to people, the, the yeah. folks on the local end do a really good job of sort of telling the stories of – who yeah, the the key figures are, and they did a great job yeah. of sort of presenting, you know, in the early days, Nippert Stadium as you want to come out and watch this team, you want to come out and check out this sport, and obviously, uh, to a different degree at uh, at the stadium on the West End, and and that's, 
I fear that's going to be lost. And and, and not just in Cincinnati. I, I, I fear that's going to be lost. And so I don't like this. I, I don't like it for the people I think, involved. I just, But I don't like it for fans, whether they're yeah. hardcore folks who want people who are around their team every day or for casual folks who they're, they're brought to the party by the, the people who are talking about the team in their mind. Yeah. Real quickly, Mo, if I have like 20 seconds or whatever, the game tonight yeah. in Philadelphia is going to be called by – someone who does cover the Philadelphia Union regularly on local TV, and he's now out of that gig. His name's J.P. Delacamera. J.P. Delacamera, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his – uh... Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Necks Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Color analyst tonight will be a former U.S. men's national team star named Kobe Jones. J.P., and Kobe are both going to call the game from monitors in Los Angeles. JP flew from Philadelphia to LA to call the game why? off of a monitor a, tonight. Why, why are and we doing that? If, why? If that is, if that, I, I like, that's just kind of how it goes right now with Fox and their soccer coverage. But my fear is that my fear, in addition to everything you mentioned, is that if that's what the Apple TV setup looks like and you don't have boots on the ground, you're just going to miss a lot of the great storytelling you're not going to get to know these teams. And like you said, there, there are just there are so many ways that um, fans can be hurt by this. I'm sure people at FC Cincinnati might text me or call me now and try to sell me in all the different ways that this is good and, you know, the positive impacts. But I, I think you'd be ignorant. Uh, you'd have your head in the sand to say that what we're talking about right now aren't – this is material to this decision to move away from local broadcasts. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Uh, the the not having announcers. I mean, we all understood twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. But a fact of life, you dealt with it. Everybody did their best. But now, if you don't have your announcers on site, I don't care if you're national or local. You don't care about your product. You don't care about your viewers and, and listeners. Yeah. That, uh, and even if I they're in the, even uh, if they're in the stadium, it's not. I don't know if that the Apple TV setup is going to allow for these people to like be on the ground for a full week or even half a week right. leading up to a game. And and even if you can't, you know, that's like the bare minimum. If you're going to hang around for like a day or two before the game in Cincinnati, if you don't have people doing that, you re- it really is just a waste of everyone's time and the consumer's money, which sucks. Uh, give, Eddie and Ro- give Eddie and Rocky my best, okay? I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it as always. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mo. Have a good night. You got it. That's our guy, Pat Brennan, Cincinnati Inquirer, on Twitter, at P. Brennan, E-N-Q. We went long. My apologies. It was worth it. Chad Brendel in 10 minutes. This is the Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Official home of the Bengals. 
minutes away from uh, 4 o'clock, Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show, ESPN 1530. On Thursdays, we uh, chat with our guy, Chad Brendel, BearcatJournal.com. You see football on the road against Dallas, first of consecutive road games. When I say against Dallas, they're in Dallas to play SMU. Uh, a noon kickoff. Uh, they're at UCF next week. Bearcats obviously coming off their bye after a struggling, relatively speaking, to be USF. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad Brendel. What's going on? Not a whole lot. I, I was wondering, like, did they rebrand? Did SMU rebrand? They're just Dallas yeah. now. That's part of their thing like now, right? The, because they're being left in the well, dust uh, with the the teams leaving for right. the Big Twelve. Now they're just going to be called Dallas. And then TCU took their coach, causing kind of an identity <laughs> crisis. Like it all, the storyline fits. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. They're going to be. I think be they've Dallas actually worn. There. They've worn jerseys that say Dallas on them. I think. Have they? I think so. I, 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 I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. Well, now now I have something to Google during the next break. Um, we talked last week about how as cliche as it is about, you know, the bye week comes at a good time. It really felt like it did for this team for multiple reasons, not the least of which was they got to get healthier. Uh, do you get a sense that that is the case? Yeah, I think there's still some, some legit concern about the availability of Tyler Scott for Saturday, uh, at sprained his ankle against USF. Um, I, I had somebody compare it to like, you know, a lot, a lot of football players, they're like, a like a, a beat up, like Toyota, right? Like just rub some dirt on them and get them out there. But the speed guys, they're like a European sports car. So if there's one thing that's off, you know, it's like, I got to put this thing in the shop. <laughs> so, um, Tyler's, you know, just making sure that ankle is a hundred percent. That one concerns me. Other than that, it, it looked like everybody was pretty healthy on Tuesday. Uh, you know, ben Bryant was, was running with the ones, and Ivan Pace was, was, was back with the ones after what looked like a stinger, uh, like in, on that first drive against USF that he played through, but didn't play at his normal level. Uh, I, Will Pauling looked like he was either going to be back or real close to being back. So health-wise, the bye did come at a very good time for them. This team has a lot of speed on the outside. <clears throat> they can do things throwing the football down the field that uh, was un- that were unimaginable four years ago. They have a-, a talented group of running backs, but they've also got a pair of tight ends that I think most of us believe could play in the NFL. And so I, I get it. There's only one football. Um, statistically, last year, if you looked at Wiley and Taylor, the numbers didn't jump off the page, and that's probably going to be the case again this season. Yet there are times – short yardage and close to the goal line where I feel like the circumstances demand that those guys be a bigger factor. And yet that really hasn't been the case. Can you explain why? And do you expect that to change in the second half of the season? Um, I mean, the why is pretty easy. It's just that they've got a crap ton of weapons. You know, if you go back to like, you know, Josiah DeGuara's senior year, they forced fed Josiah DeGuara. Josiah DeGuara. What did I just do there? Um, and why? Because they didn't really have anybody else to throw the football to. Uh, now, you know, I think what Ben has done is he's done a really good job finding the open guy and, and delivering the ball to the open guy. Um, do you wonder how much of that is the defenses trying to take those guys away? Because they were definitely, you know, coming into the season, the most known commodity uh, offensively. Uh, at the at the the expense of guys getting over the top. Now I do agree, third down, 
and you know in the red zone you would you would think that would be the perfect place to see more of the tight ends um but really they've been pretty efficient and effective in those most of those situations the past two weeks third down has been bad but i think that's a problem of first down right like way too many third and seven third and eight um you know where obviously the defense is going to look then and say we're not letting these tight ends get you know nine yards downfield to catch a pass so i i think we would like to see i i agree we would internally you'd think that and why have we seen josh and lenny much today uh yeah. but when you look at when you look at it post game they're right in line with you know everybody not named tyler scott and trey tucker and can you really complain about Tyler Scott and then Trey Tucker when they're, you know, five, six, seven catches, 100, 120, 130 yards? Um, so I, I, I agree with you, but also the context is, I think Ben just does a really good job finding the open guy. Yeah. No, I mean, what I would say is that the last game where there was some attrition at wideout, and, and again, you know, yeah. Evan had the one lean ball on to Josh Wiley, which kind of opened things up. But that, that would be a, a, a situation where, you yeah, you would want to lean on him, or again, specifically around the goal line because they've had a hard time running the football down there. What about what about SMU could be could be problematic? Uh, Rache Rice could be problematic. <laughs> I think I think he's – He's got almost 60 catches on the year. I think their next highest wide receiver has 14. So Tanner Mordecai is locking in on Rache Rice, or uh, as, as Aaron Smith, my executive producer, calls him Rashi, Rashi Rice. Um, <laughs> uh, um, they go to him a lot. So the question is, and we, we talked about this last night on the BCJ podcast, do you double him? Because that's not something really – UC is done um, in defending wide receivers. Part of that, because you had Sauce and Kobe for three years, like you didn't need to double team anybody. Um, but but do you you do you shade a safety over there? Do you just play him the way that, that you play everybody, knowing that that ball is going over there, you know, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen times throughout the game? Uh, that, that would be the biggest thing that you worry about with them. Uh, and then Tanner Mordecai is a really solid college quarterback. Is he great? No, he has, you know, some flaws, but uh, he's very good, and, and he can hurt you with his arms. He's kind of sneaky good with his legs. Um, you know, a layman would point out the long runs, but know, also the 15-20. <laughs> there's also the 15-20-yard runs uh, where if you turn your back to him, he can beat you there as well. Yeah, well, well done. With with that, I'll let you run. Thanks, ma'am. All right, appreciate you, Mo. See you later. It's uh, Chad Brendel, BearcatJournal.com, on Twitter, at Chad Brendel. Jay Morrison from The Athletic on uh, Bengals injuries and Bengals Falcons. I sound excited about that. Coming up at uh, 4.05. Ortho, Cincy, Mo Egger show on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. The Bengals fight the Falcons. Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Let's go! This is the Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show. Ortho Cincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the Orthopedic Authority. Now, here's Mo Egger on ESPN 1530. Hey, that's me, Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show. 
That's the name of the show on Thursdays. This is ESPN 1530. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, we have the Bengals and Falcons on Sunday. We are uh, inching closer to Cincinnati playing its first 1 o'clock home game since week one. Falcons in town. Uh, 1 o'clock start pregame coverage from the Grail starts at uh, 9.05. A little bit earlier than usual, but uh, nonetheless, a guy we enjoy chatting with on Thursdays is our guy from uh, The Athletic, Jay Morrison, covers the Bengals for TheAthletic.com. His podcast, in fact, uh, just saw it here. The uh, latest here, that podcast growling episode is out. Uh, You can catch that along with uh, Paul Daner Jr. as well. Uh, Jay has written a good piece on uh, the Bengals' defense some of the uh, injury issues that uh, are plaguing it, and some of the recent struggles against opposing rushing offenses and what that might mean for Sunday's game against Atlanta. Jay is on Twitter at JMorrisonATH. What's going on? Hey, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Start start with injuries because yesterday I'm sitting here and I see Jamar Chase is, uh, is on the injury report. He was limited. Uh, what, what went down in that regard today? Uh, well, they just came off the field a little bit ago. We're still waiting for the practice report, uh, the injury report. But, yeah, he was out there. All the guys that were listed as limited to yesterday were back out there today. Don't know to what extent that they practiced, but I don't. I wouldn't expect any of them to be a concern for Sunday. And that, that right. includes you, uh, Steve Higgins you... and Hayden Hurst. Right, right. Uh, you uh, You wrote in great detail about the recent issues uh, stopping the run, and that could be a major problem on Sunday with the way the Falcons play, and now without guys like DJ Reader, who they've missed for a while, Logan Wilson, there have been other injuries on the defense right now. In in terms of stopping Atlanta, who leans really heavy on running the football, g- give me give me a player in that mix who is going to play on Sunday who you'll be paying closer attention to than the others. Um, I think Akeem Davis-Gaither, I, Zach wouldn't rule out Logan Wilson, but I'd be surprised if, if he plays this week. Um, so you, you're probably going to see Akeem Davis-Gaither, who was drafted the same year as Logan Wilson and uh, has had a slower start to his career than Logan has, but um, has been coming on of late. They, he was playing well last year, and he went out for the year with a, a foot injury midway through the season. Um, so he's going to be a key piece there as a linebacker lining up next to Jermaine Pratt. They, Atlanta has so many different ways they can attack you with the run, so many different guys. And, yes, they're without Cordero Patterson, but they've got five guys with runs of at least 21 yards this year. They're number one in rushing DVOA, uh, number three in rushing yards overall. Uh, maybe the most important person to slow down that Atlanta running game would be Joe Burrow because if this offense can get out to a lead and force them out of that run game, that could really hamstring the Falcon offense having to rely on Marcus Mariota in the passing game. Yeah, and that to me, I was talking about this before, that that to me is like the next box to check, right? Like we've we've seen better offensive line play. We've seen them tap into their running game. We've seen Joe Mixon be more productive. Jamar Chase had a huge game. I, I thought the way they used Tyler Boyd on Sunday was, was sort of the, the quintessential usage of Tyler Boyd. To me, like the next box you check as the offense progresses is get off to a faster start, stop digging yourself a hole. And if they do that on Sunday – I hate to say they should coast because I don't think they will, uh, but it's going to be really hard for this Falcons team the way it's built to 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 come back. Yeah, they are not they are not meant to come or not built to come back, and they I mean they have weapons. They just they seem to be limited 
in the passing game. They have Drake London, who they took eighth overall this year, a wide receiver, and they have Kyle Pitts, who had a great rookie year, over 1,000 yards. He just hasn't been able to find the end zone. Only one touchdown last year, one so far this year. So you would think they would be better in the passing game, but you know, Marcus Mariota, he's he's been limited in that regard since he, he was drafted by Tennessee, and um, I do. I think this I, I look this Bengals offense is averaging forty six yards of offense in their first two drives this year. They 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 have had Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus flashes where they've gone down and scored early on that opening drive but it's been rare and this would be a key game to get that going and and get out to the lead force Atlanta to play the way they don't want to play boy if only they had one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of college football backing up Marcus Mariota who throws a great deep ball Jay (laughs) so you know it's interesting (laughs) because I talked to our guy Josh Kendall that that covers the Falcons um, for our podcast and he's as surprised as anybody that the Falcons are three and three. And he said, they, they have to look at Desmond Ritter this year. They, they, unless Atlanta miraculously stays in this till the end, which I don't think anybody expects to happen. You know, I think a lot of Bengals fans are hoping the downfall starts Sunday, but um, he, he said, Marcus Mariota outperformed Desmond. It was obvious in the preseason, but they need to figure out what they have in Desmond Ritter. And he expects him to play. Uh, as this as this year gets later, so they know what they have going into next year. Um, Dax Hill got on the field for like three plays and sent parts of the Bengals fan base uh, crazy because he graded out well. You saw some of the closing speed. And so those three plays are indicative for some as to why he's got to be on the field a little bit more which I'm in favor of. Like, I, I kind of want to see Dax play the Trey Flower snaps. I know Lou Anarumo has been adamant about, hey, look, this is how we're going to use Dak. This is a hard secondary to earn playing time in. It's not like they're dealing with a bunch of injuries there. But are you starting to see the door creak open just a little bit for Dax to get on the field just a little bit more? Yeah, I think he's earned it. And it's, it's not – the key thing isn't what we're seeing in those three, four snaps in the games on Sunday, it's, it's what he's the trust that he's building and earning in practice. And Lou has, has been upfront about that, that he's done everything they've asked of him. And I, I do think we'll start seeing him in some more sub packages. And I don't think it's ever going to get to maybe where we thought it was going to be, where he was going to be on the field a lot barring injury. But yeah, I, I think as the season goes on and that trust builds, because that's what this is all about. Nobody questions whether that guy can play. It's just a matter of the communication and, you know, you have one little blip back there in the secondary and you're, you're, you're giving up an explosive play and it could be the difference in the game. 
So I think as the trust continues to build and as he continues to prove that he is that number one pick that they drafted, we'll see some more snaps. But I'd, I'd be surprised if it got up more than 10 or 12 at this point without an injury. And it's crazy. This, I mean, it's just like last year. We thought this was going to be kind of the bounce back, but injuries were not an issue last year. And, yes, we're talking about D.J. Reader being out right now and then possibly Logan Wilson, but 17 of their 22 starters have started every single game. And it's 19 of 22 if you don't count Mike Thomas taking the first snap Sunday for T. Higgins and uh, Jermaine Pratt was off the field for the first snap in a game. You count those guys. That's 19 out of 22 playing every or starting every single game this year. Uh, you're the man. I appreciate it as always. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Mo. You got it. Read Jay Morrison in The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com and uh, subscribe. Follow Jay on Twitter at jmorrisonath, and uh, you can hear the podcast. Hear that podcast growling as people say in the industry where you get your podcasts. I get mine on the iHeartRadio app. 13 minutes after uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mo Egger. Uh, in about uh, 20 minutes, our guy Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, try to make us some money this week. And week seven for fantasy football owners. I've got a 3-3 three and three team. I have an 0-6 team. And at this point, I just don't want to finish the season without a win. Maybe Dan can help me. Probably has a better chance of helping you. We'll do that coming up at uh, 4.50. Uh, 14 after 4 o'clock, uh, when we come back, the uh, Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown is 25 years old. A coach who has coached in every single one of them, including a game tomorrow, Elders Doug Ramsey. Spend a few minutes with him next. Ortho Cincy, Mo Egger Show on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Three minutes after 4 o'clock, this is ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. All year long we have been uh, talking about, <coughs> excuse me, and celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown. For my money, the best high school football event in the country. And uh, the, the only school to participate in all 25 years takes the field in the showdown tomorrow as Elder hosts LaSalle on senior night, the final game of the regular season. The uh, Panthers are 7-2. and two. They have a 19-5 and five record in this event. They always play very tough competition. They always play very tough competition as a general rule. They're always pitted against really good teams in the uh, Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown. And despite their record, LaSalle, who they play tomorrow, is uh, no exception. The head coach at Elder High School, uh, Doug Ramsey, is with us. It's good to have you, Coach. Can you believe this event has made it through 25 years? It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, that's I've, I've been coach, I've been head coach for 26 years, so it started in that second year. It's just amazing, you know, how long it's been around and what a great job Tom's done with it. It really has uh, it, the 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 emotions of senior night. I don't care how many years you've been coaching. I don't care how many how many years you've been watching high school football. There, there's nothing like senior night. Describe for me if you can the emotions that somebody like yourself goes through where. You've got these guys, many of whom you've known since well before they were in high school. You have them for four years. They're a part of your program. And you've got to reconcile all that with playing a game tomorrow night. Yeah, that's funny because we, we, we just walked up to it. I was just talking to, uh, to the team about that, about, you know, senior night and, and what it means. And, you know, and I talked about it at Dad's Club on Tuesday with the dads there and, and how special a night it actually is. Because, you know, it's, it's different than college. It's, you know, it's high school. A lot of these guys will – after this season's over, we'll never play football again. You know, these are – they're playing football with their best friends, um, you know, kids that they've grown up with, played played with, and and uh, it's just – it is it's just a special night. 
there, there's there's a lot of places where you know seven and two they're gonna look at that and go, boy, they should have been better. Your schedule every single year, you guys go seven and two going into the last regular season week. That's a heck of a season. Uh, give us an idea, maybe where your team is kind of overachieved this year. Well, yes. It's it's it, it, it's funny because we, we again that was part of what we were talking about tonight the, the idea of going eight and two uh, with the, with the schedule that that we played against you know there's a guy who Drew Pastor is a guy who's a, a math guy and he ranks all the teams in the state and you know every team that we played from Ohio would have been ranked in in, in the top fifty in the state and then the four teams that we played out of state he had ranked um, he would said would be in in Ohio's top fifty so we played an incredibly difficult schedule. I, I think for us, where you know we, we've played much better on defense than we have in the last couple of years, and it's kind of kind of carried us. That in the offensive line, we're only throwing the ball about 15 times a game right now. It's kind of a situation where we're where we're trying to pound the ball, hold on to it as long as, as we can, and, and and play good defense and, and play good special teams. We've been pretty good on special teams. You know, as well, though we had a block punt last week that kind of made things interesting. But uh, I think it's just been one of those years where, where all three phases um, have, have played well. Have they have they exceeded your expectations this year to this point? Uh, to be honest, yes. You know, I thought we had a chance to be a pretty good team. Um, but when you sit down and you look at what the schedule looks like at the beginning of the season, you know, you say, well, you're going to play Covington Catholic and you're going to play – pick central and you're going to play, you know, Springboro and you're playing Louisville, St. X and on and on, on uh, St. Edwards and our league and all these games. And you're like, you know, well, we can, you know, we, we can compete here, compete there. But, you know, I, I think the thing that's hard and, and people don't understand is when you play these teams, um, they all, they all know how to win. Like the last two weeks we played um, Ron Colley and Chittard, um from from Minneapolis, and their teams are they're good teams. It's not like they've got monster players; they're just really good high school football players. But they know how to win. Between the two teams, they they have about twenty state championships. So you know you get them in situations where you know we were winning seventeen to nothing in, in one game, and last week it's it's twenty one ten, and and both teams were were kind of able to fight back and, and and make a really good game out of it, and so. It, it, that, that makes it hard to sell. Not just playing good teams, but good teams that really, really know how to win. Is is a big part of tomorrow because LaSalle, LaSalle's playing for its playoff lives. Is a big part of tomorrow understanding that you're going to be playing a team that's desperate to keep their season going beyond tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. We know that they're going to be ready to go, and, 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 and that's part of the message this week is we've got to meet that. In the first quarter, we've got to meet the intensity that, that, that they're going to have. They're, they're You know, it's it's – it's a situation for them. It's, it's you play, and there's a good, there's a chance that you're done for the season. And I'm sure they want to continue their season on, and and so we've got to match in intensity and just kind of weather the storm early and and just do our thing. All right, uh, I know you have a lot going on on the eve of a game night. Enjoy senior night. Best of luck in the postseason moving forward. Congratulations. 25 years of the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown and your program a part of every single one. It's a, it's a heck of a milestone for everybody involved. I appreciate the time, Coach. Thanks so much. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. The Pit tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Elder LaSalle Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown. The Panthers looking for their 20th victory in this event, they are 19-5 and five in the first 24 years. Again, 7 o'clock tomorrow uh, at the pit, Elder taking on LaSalle, uh, which their season is obviously LaSalle's, has uh, not gone as expected officially 2-7, and seven, but still playing for a playoff spot, and so uh, they'll get a desperate uh, Lancers team tomorrow night. All right, uh, Tony Pike is with us. He has posted up 
at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Wright, which is like two minutes off uh, I-75. He is on the Kentucky side of the Ohio River. Are you okay over there? Like in, on the Kentucky side without me, are you all right? No, I'm great. I, I thrive on this side. You know, I grew up, okay. you know, with, with a love on, on one side of my family for Kentucky basketball and the other was my Bearcat love. So I'm very comfortable on this side. And, you know, as you walk into this B-dubs in Fort Wright, there's a, a cardboard cutout of Sam Hubbard and Sauce Gardner. So you do really feel right at home as soon as you get here. Oh, wow, you can't beat that. Now, you're there until 6 o'clock tonight. Tell folks what's happening at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Wright. Yeah, 3 to 6 every day is happy hour. Some, uh, some great specials on some appetizers. you got drink specials. Thursday, of course, buy one, get one free boneless. Thursdays, Tuesday is buy one, get one half off on, uh, on regular wings. So plenty of time between now and 6 o'clock to get here, take advantage of some of these specials. And we're already 3 for 3, Mo, because a gentleman has already wow. come up and bought me a beer today. So I don't even have to beg. I don't even have to plead. Nope. We have, we've gone three for nope. three where somebody has heard us talking about you at Buffalo Wild Wings and they bought you a beer. Yes, he heard this when you and I were talking at the end of Cincy 360 today. And lo and behold, here we are. Um, and we're all set. We're ready to go until 6 o'clock. And I don't, I don't know if you need a reason, but it's a sports equinox today, Mo, which means you get mm-hmm. all of the major sports on in one night. What better place to, uh, to watch all of those things happen and FC Cincinnati beat the Philadelphia Union then right here. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll check in again in about uh, maybe 20 minutes or so. Tone, thanks so much. Thanks, Mo. Tony Pike is at the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Wright. He is there till 6 o'clock tonight. It is uh, 28 minutes after 4 o'clock. Still ahead, Week 7 Fantasy Football Advice with our guy Dan Claskins from GetSportsInfo.com. Um, by the way, I noticed something about one of the baseball playoff series that uh, I can't help but mention. We'll get to that. And uh, we'll spend some time with uh, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, try to make us some money this week. A lot to get to between now and 6 o'clock. Lee joins us next. Ortho Cincy, Mo Eggers Show. Ortho Cincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the orthopedic authority. Go to orthocincy.com. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Sports updates and service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guarantee credit approval from their family to yours for life, KelseyChev.com. I mentioned before, no Alex Kappa at Bengals practice today. He did not participate. The reason on the injury report, illness. Uh, Also a no-go for Stanley Morgan today with a hamstring. Still no Logan Wilson, still no Jeff Gunter, still no Josh Tupo. The good news is Jamar Chase did go, was limited just like yesterday after showing up on the report. Bengals and Falcons Sunday at 1. Pre-game coverage from the Holy Grail starts at 9.05 on ESPN. 15.30 Thursday night or tonight on Fox Sports 13.60. Saints and Arizona Cardinals. FC Cincinnati playing tonight in the MLS Cup playoffs in Philadelphia against the Philadelphia Union. That game airs right here on ESPN 1530 with coverage beginning at 8 o'clock. American League Championship Series Game 2 in Houston. Yankees down 0-1 to the Astros. Also tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets skate against Nashville after a big come-from-behind win over Vancouver on uh, Tuesday night. All right, uh, Thursday at 4.35. By the way, Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show on ESPN 15.30. This time on Thursdays means we uh, chat with our guy Lee Sterling. ParamountSports.com is his website. He is on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Try to make some money this weekend. Lee, what's going on? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place, 
And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Necks Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm good. Um, <laughs> probably will sit uh, this Thursday night game out. I, I, You know what it is to just... They haven't appealed to me. It's three to three and a half hours. What I'm doing is watching it late at night when it's over on YouTube. It takes about 22 minutes. You miss all the huddles. You know, you miss the halftime. So uh, better way of viewing it. You can't live bet because the Amazon, they have about a 50 to sec- 60 second delay. So um, they need to fix it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's interesting. that That's a part of this that not enough people have talked about. Live betting on Thursday night's a no-go right now. And uh, for, for, all of, for all of the money that the NFL is now getting from its sportsbook partners, that has to be rectified. Right, right. I mean, pretty soon we're going to see it. I'd say in the next three, four years, probably 75% of these NFL stadiums, um, you're going to be able to walk in and bet the game or bet individual prop plays uh, somewhere inside the stadium. So you want to make it more interactive. You want to hold the audience. They got to do it. Yeah, no question about that. Let's uh, let's start with college football. The UC Bearcats, Cincinnati is on the road at SMU after coming off a bye week, which they badly needed. They are a field goal favorite on the road. Steer me in one direction or the other. So I, I think if you just watch the Tulsa game, you realize – this is a team, I think, ready to explode. They should have won that game probably by three or more touchdowns. So uh, SMU's weakness is defense. They don't have players at every single level. You've got to have someone on the defensive line or linebacker position, third and five. You don't have to come up with a sack. Make a play before the sticks. SMU just doesn't have it. I think the Cincinnati team is going to start kicking it to high gear. I like the Bearcats. They always seem to own the series. Let's say they continue on a roll here. I haven't won in this game here, 35-27. All right, uh, let's talk NFL. The Bengals at home, nearly a touchdown favorite against Atlanta. So Atlanta is one of these crazy teams. I think most people thought they'd be 1-5 at this point in the season. But three losses by just 11 points. Why are they more successful this year? Running the football. So they have a two-headed monster running back, Marcus Mariota is running the spread option. He has run for 206 rushing yards and three touchdowns, and he's got some targets, second-year tight end Kyle Pitts and also Drake London, the rookie. So this is a much-improved team here. Uh, Just think that Cincinnati's going to have to do better up front. Offensive line, 22 sacks, second most in the NFL. Their run defense ranks just 21st. So I think it's a bad matchup, and Cincinnati in not any of the six games so far has looked anywhere close to where they were last year uh, when they were making that run to the Super Bowl. 
I think they escape 27-24, but I like Atlanta plus the six. Yeah, we're on the same page. Cincinnati's offense starts slow. They've got injuries to the defensive line. Their best linebacker is hurt. Atlanta runs it well. They really lean into it. I I just, look, Cincinnati might be trending upward. You're giving me nearly a touchdown. I hate to say it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, AFC North battle. The the Baltimore, you talk about two teams that, like, from a gambling perspective, I'm not really sure what to do with. Baltimore and Cleveland, they collide on Sunday. Yeah, so at least one team does something really well, and that's Cleveland. They run the football. So I don't like them as a favorite, but as an underdog, they get the money almost 60% of the time the last two years. And Baltimore, they did find a running back in Kenyon Drake. I think he fits their offense much better. Uh, But the problem here is just they really have one weapon throwing the football, and that's Mike Andrews. So uh, Andrews is great, but other than that, they just don't have anything. I think it's a game that goes down to the wire. Another close game for both teams. Baltimore, 26-24, Cleveland covers. All right, your game of the weekend involves Ohio State laying a pretty big number against a Big Ten foe. Yeah, you want to find out, does Ohio State roll, or can Iowa, can they keep it close? They're certainly not going to win the game. You want to get the game for free, just call 800 400 9741 will give you the game for free. 800-400-9741, Ohio State, Iowa. We're on a roll. We've won eight out of ten weeks. We rate our selections from 10 to 50 units. Had our biggest two wagers of the year last last week. We had Air Force and also Buffalo, both big wins. You want to hop on board. We call it the Baker's Dozen. 13 games combined Saturday and Sunday. Just $97, never been with me before. And every sport is taking place for the next three weeks. We've got baseball playoffs, we've got hockey, we've got NBA basketball, and also a UFC card going on Saturday morning. We won three straight cards, seven selections in the UFC, just $17. Everything's up and available, ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. I appreciate it always, Lee. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mo. Take care. Yeah, there you go, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Um, just quickly, I, I, I talked about this on, on Monday. I don't love this on Sunday. And, and part of it is just, and I'm looking at it right now, Lee's got it at Cincinnati laying six. Uh, I'd feel better about that than six and a half, which is where I've seen it all week long. Six and a half points, it's... The way the league sort of goes, right, when you feel like, you know what, a team is about to take off, here we go, they're trending upward, they're playing better, you get a cold dose of reality. Cincinnati's offense, the Bengals do not start quickly. Uh, They've got major injuries to guys who are really good against the run. This Atlanta team runs ineffectively with a whole bunch of guys. They've got a great scheme. I think the Bengals are going to win the game. Um, Atlanta's covered every game this year. I think the Falcons are going to cover the number. There's like a a, a game or two per year that I go in, even as a Bengals fan, and I go, boy, I won't do it myself. But if I'm speaking objectively, I think Atlanta's going to cover the number. I just, you know, I think we get too caught up. And they they, they won last week, so they're good. We're fine now. Like, they're better offensively, man. And, you know, look, give me that Joe Burrow. He played at an elite level. Uh, they go to New Orleans. They get a gift shank punt. They're still trailing in the fourth quarter. They still trail by 10 early. This Atlanta team can take the air out of the football better than New Orleans can. And if they can, the Bengals blow them out. That'd be great because then Des Ritter can play. So I'm rooting for that. Uh, 17 away from uh, 5 o'clock. Um, 
by the way, if uh, you missed yesterday, Kyle Kasky was on our show, the former Bengals running backs coach, and just some great insight into things like play calling and game planning and what the Bengals were able to do against New Orleans and using Joe Burrow exclusively out of the shotgun, Joe Mixon's usage, a lot there. Awesome stuff. If you missed that conversation, uh, it's available a couple of different places. iHeartRadio app, also on uh, my website at ESPN1530.com. You can also get it on the podcast page of ESPN1530.com. Podcasts of our show, a service of Long Neck Sports Grill, three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. You've got the roundtable show tonight with Lance and Rocky, which I think is in the Richwood location. Regardless, this weekend it's going to warm up. Uh, they've got outdoor patios, TVs all over the place, looking for a place to watch games this weekend, Long Necks Sports Grill. All right, Dan Claskins, Week 7 Fantasy Football Help. He joins us next on the Ortho Cincy Moegger Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, before we chat with uh, Dan Claskins from GetSportsInfo.com, let's go to Fort Wright, where Tony Pike is at the Buffalo Wild Wings. He hangs out there every single Thursday. He's there until 6 o'clock tonight. And he's with us now. What's happening in the Bluegrass State, Tone? Well, I'm going to tell you this, Mel. If you're planning to come down and, and hang out before I head out of here at 6, you should get here soon. Place is filling up quick. Buy one, get one free, boneless Thursdays. you got a happy hour going until 6 o'clock. And there's a lot of buzz and excitement at the Sports Equinox. We've got baseball. We've got basketball. We've got the National Football League. You've got MLS playoffs tonight. you got hockey. It is a great sports night, which means it's a great night to make it a BW3's night because this is the best place to watch sports. It, it, it's easily the best sports month of the year with everything happening, and uh, college basketball is going to be inching closer here soon. And so, obviously, uh, if you're on that side of the river in uh, Fort Wright and you're a Kentucky fan, boy, you can't do any better than Buffalo Wild Wings. So that's awesome, right? You were there till 6 o'clock. Has anybody joined you? Oh, no. We've got uh, Rodney is here. We've got Tom Horan is here. Uh, it, it is the, the who's who right now if you are looking to meet not just me but some of the other integral parts of iHeart. Has has Tom Haran bought you a beer? No. Hmm. All right, well, you've got another hour or so to not. work on that, so we'll, we'll check in <laughs> in about 30 minutes. All right, Tone, thanks so much. Thanks, Mel. Tony Pike is at the Buffalo Wild Wings in uh, Fort Wright, which is uh, just a couple of minutes off I-75, the Kyle's Lane exit. All right. Uh, Dan Claskins is here. He uh, talks fantasy football with us every single Thursday. GetSportsInfo.com. Dan is also obviously on Twitter, at Dan Claskins. I mean, here's the deal now. All right, 3-3 three and three in one league. I'm still holding up a donut in the other. I'm 0-6. There's no help in sight. I, I just, sh- what should happen to me if I go winless this year? Apparently nothing. Do we have Dan? Is Dan Okay. Dan going to be all right. Hello, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I, you were posing that question to me, buddy. I, 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 yeah, I, I, no. Like, <laughs> have you ever gone winless? I mean, you haven't gone winless. You're the only anybody's ever gone winless in a fantasy football season because I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this yeah, league. I'm yeah. looking at my team. I'm looking at who's hurt. Sixteen teams, sixteen rounds. There's no waiver wire, guys. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like destined to finish winless. You know the good news, Mo, is winless is almost as remarkable and unbelievable as going undefeated. I mean, in terms of at least statistically speaking. So I would consider it a pretty special accomplishment. And, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe something to strive for. Would you rather go winless have this, or to have one win? Either way, you suck. So it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I mean, you make a you make a good point. If you're going to be awful, be historically awful. I don't think anybody in this league <laughs> has ever gone winless. Um, yeah, and in terms of fantasy, if you're not winning yeah. money, you're losing. So that's true. Yeah, there's no real difference between winning once and not winning at all. Um, I have tried to trade, make swing some trades to to no avail. Let's let's talk some trades. Give me some guys as we approach the midway point of the fantasy football season that you would say would be quote buy low candidates. Oh, yes. And that's the key, Mo. When you're striking a deal, I mean, it's like stocks, man. You want to get them low, buy them high. This is the time to access your roster, especially if you're 500 or below. You might need to shake it up. Here's some players. I'll give you one for each position. Quarterback or a couple for each position. Quarterback, Derek Carr, right now, he's my guy. Uh, I had I was high on him coming this season. It hasn't been all that great. He's still QB 12 if you take away the bye week. And they haven't had Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Devontae Autumns all healthy for very much of the season. So I think there's an uptick to him. I love the rookie running backs. Rashad White, James Cook, Isaiah Pacheco. These are the next guys up. We're seeing right now with Brees Hall with the Jets and Kenny Walker in Seattle how big of a fantasy impact you can have. These guys are one injury away from that happening for them. So go ahead and get them. At wide receivers, I'm looking for some underperformers, young, talented guys I like that haven't got it. Chris Godwin and Elijah Moore, two players that fit the bill particularly Godwin and the Bucks. I mean, they look terrible right now. Tom Brady's looking terrible. I mean, there's 101 reasons why you don't want to have a part of it, but I'm thinking maybe they turn it around and you can get Godwin for next to nothing. And Kyle Pitts may be a week too late, but the talent's too good for him to be as low down. Tight end 24 before last week, trending up now, and a guy I recommend making a deal for if you can get him on the cheap. All right, let's talk uh, injuries worth paying attention to as we get set for week seven. Lots of them. Let's start with tonight's game. We still don't have a, a final, final determination on whether Jameis Winston's going to be back tonight. Most reports talking about Andy Dalton get a fourth straight start there. Is Jameis is dealing with this a back issue? I'm starting to wonder if he really has a back issue. I don't know. But I don't think he's playing tonight. We know Michael Thomas isn't playing tonight. Jarvis Landry probably out again. They will get Chris Olave back from the concussion he missed last week's game. On the other side of the ball, the big injury news this week was Marquise Brown. Being hurt, it at first looked like a season-ending injury. Now, it's maybe less. They put him on the injury reserve today, so it's at least four weeks. The good news is DeAndre Hopkins back from his suspension tonight. They made the trade for the disgruntled Robbie Anderson. But I'm still concerned about the passing game here overall and Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So also, uh, James Conner, the running back, Darrell uh, Williams, two guys that we'll see if they're able to play. But, you know, Benjamin probably in line tonight to get those carries on the short week. Better news at running back for Jonathan Taylor. RB1 in preseason drafts, hoping to return this week. Deion Jackson was a nice villain, but I think Taylor will take over once he does return and into a role to be in your lineup. DeAndre Swift also trending in the right direction. J.K. Dobbins with that knee issue didn't finish last week's game for the Ravens, so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. They are getting close to activating Gus Edwards, too, and uh, that might be a waiver wire grab that's still out there that could make an impact on an offense that likes to run the football. Damian Harris practicing today. But Ramondre Stevenson, the guy in that Patriots backfield, um, we'll see if Harris plays with that hamstring on Sunday. I do expect Keenan Allen to return at receiver from his hamstring issue that sidelined him since week two. And Rashad Bateman for the Ravens trending in the right direction with the foot. We're keeping our eyes on Darren Waller. I talked about him a little bit ago. He had a hamstring injury before their bye week last week, and he didn't practice again today and yesterday. So not good signs there. He'll need to get on the field for Friday to be here for week seven. 
Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dan Claskins, GetSportsInfo.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Dan Claskins. Give me your weekly stud, dud, and sleeper. Yeah, we're going to go with Michael Pittman Jr. as our stud this week, and maybe it's a week too late. 13 catches, 16 targets a week ago. But, hey, this is a good matchup here in Tennessee. I think there's going to be some scoring in this game. And, uh, I mean, Pittman, 106, or excuse me, 16 catches, 154 yards and two scores. Uh, over these uh, last two matchups here with Tennessee, no teams allowed more fantasy points to wide receiver through six weeks of the season. So that's good. My dud is Melvin Gordon. And I don't know what's going on here in Denver. The whole Gordon situation has been very peculiar to me. But Nathaniel Hackett, I'm just not sold on this guy. He's an NFL coach. Last week, Latavius Murray got to play over him. It's supposed to be Gordon as the starter again here. But he has to stay on your bench until further notice. And my sleeper pick of the week, I'm going with Daniel Jones at quarterback for the Giants. Not a lot of people buying into the Giants at 5-1, but, Mo, I, I am myself. And I know Jones has only eclipsed 20 points in fantasy once all year, but two TD passes last week, that equaled a season high. Things to like about there, Wandale Robinson's back. And, I mean, the Jags, D, they gave up 30 fantasy points day to Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan this year. So why couldn't Daniel Jones get in the 20s? I think he does. He's a nice streamer this week. Four teams on by this week, and they're a lot better than last week. That's the big thing. You've got Buffalo out, the Rams out, so there's no Cooper Cup, uh, as well as the Vikings without Justin Jefferson and, of course, the Eagles, the hottest team in football. So fantasy managers struggling with those buys more than they did a week ago, Mo. What's happening now at GetSportsInfo.com? Well, my complete list of studs, dodge sleepers are up there, as well as all my picks, my bets, all my fantasy content, my podcast. It's all free there at GetSportsInfo, and you can also – yeah, get me on Twitter with your questions at Dan Claskin. Awesome stuff as Anytime always. Thank you, sir. Tonight, last week, hey, you got any uh, single game props last week? Uh, no, last week we had that touchdown call on Brian Robinson. Yeah, so, so what do you I'm, got tonight? I'm, I don't have anybody scoring an anytime touchdown. I am going Zach Ertz under his receiving yardage total, which is uh, forty-five and a half. I'm going to go Taysom Hill over his rushing yardage total, and I I got the under for the game, but I like I like the Hill over and Ertz under uh, this week. All right. I'll keep that in mind, my friend. Good luck to you. Good luck to all. And uh, we'll talk next week. Yes, sir. Dan Claskins, GetSportsInfo.com. Follow on Twitter at Dan Claskins. I have a a few quick thoughts on a number of topics. We'll get to all of them. Plus, we'll head to Atlanta and uh, a comprehensive preview of uh, tonight's FC Cincinnati tilt all ahead on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. FC Cincinnati takes on the Philadelphia Union in the MLS Cup playoffs. Coverage begins tonight at 8 on ESPN 1530, 
Cincinnati Sports Station. Let's go! This is the OrthoCincy Mo Egger Show. OrthoCincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the Orthopedic Authority. Now, here's Mo Egger on ESPN 1530. That's me! It's the Mo Egger Show on ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. It's appropriate that I'm hosting this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you're having an awesome uh, Thursday afternoon. We have a lot to get to between now and uh, 6 o'clock, including a chat with uh, <laughs> Will McFadden from the Believe in Falcons podcast. Yes! He's going to join us today. Yes! We're excited to have him. Yes! This game on Sunday is uh, uber, uber interesting. Um, let's let's start with that. We'll preview the uh, FC Cincinnati tilt here in uh, in a bit as well. You'll hear my conversation with uh, Pat Brennan. We've got the game tonight. Gets underway in just uh, just about three hours right here on ESPN 1530. I'll, uh, I'll start with the, uh, the Bengals. The, there's... I think some pretty good news. Um, Jamar Chase practiced again today, limited, and obviously still on the injury report. But um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the sense that we're talking about something here that's going to keep him from playing. Now, could it keep him from being as effective as the Bengals need and as effective as we hope? Well, that's fair to wonder. I mean, look. T. Higgins was on the injury report before the Baltimore game, tried to give it a go, and then didn't play the last three quarters. I hope there's nothing of a similar dynamic with uh, with Jamar, but uh, worth paying attention to. Also, for what it's worth, Stanley Morgan showed up on the report today with a hamstring issue, and uh, no Alex Kappa either. Uh, he is uh, ill, sick, so uh, he did not practice today. We'll see what that means for tomorrow's workout, Bengals and, uh, and Falcons. You know, we talk a lot about... Uh, the, the, the play calling and Zach Taylor and situational football and stuff like that. And, and all that stuff really, really matters. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a little skittish about Sunday's game just because of the defensive injuries, because watching the Bengals run defense against Baltimore and New Orleans did leave a lot to be desired because this team has established a pattern of getting off to slow starts offensively. Uh, and and all of that and and you know a lot of those things are worth worrying about, but you know I I I read a piece today Bill Barnwell ESPN.com about everybody else in the AFC that's not Buffalo and Kansas City, who would be of the other fourteen teams the AFC team that you would trust the most? I can't do it with Baltimore. Baltimore was his pick. Um, they've looked the part more often than anybody else, maybe in the conference that's not Kansas City and Buffalo. When you can't consistently hold a double-figure lead, I can't trust you. I don't trust Lamar Jackson's skill guys. Haven't since day one. Um, I think they win on Sunday. I think they beat Cleveland. And, you know, maybe that that drives, maybe not the last nail, but a nail through Cleveland's coffin uh, before the Bengals go there on Halloween night. Give me the quarterback play the Bengals got from Sunday from Joe Burrow. There's nobody in this league the Bengals can't beat. As tough as their schedule is over the final uh, maybe third, fourth of the season, there's nobody on the schedule the Bengals can't beat. And to me, the most encouraging thing about Sunday was how Joe Burrow, he played like an elite quarterback. He played like a quarterback that when uh, he did the things he he did, you're not talking about play calling and uh, the blocking and things that do have to get better. Um, that's what a franchise quarterback does. Now, the next box to check, right, 
the because two, two games ago against Baltimore, you could grasp onto line blocked better, Burrow was protected, running game opened up. You could you could okay, good. That's those are good signs. And then against uh, New Orleans, well, they threw to the middle of the field. They got Boyd going. They got Hurst going. The pass distribution was kind of what you what you want it to be. And Jamar Chase was unbelievable. Okay, and Burrow played great. Good. All right, that that's 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 a box you can check. There's boxes there you 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 can check that that would tell you the offense is going in the right direction. Okay, what's next? get off to a fast start there's other things like I think it would be interesting to see what would happen with Joe Mixon if he were to break a long run could that be akin to a basketball player who is struggling seeing the ball go through the hoop and now just mentally he's he's a little bit more locked in maybe uh but more than anything you'd like to see this team get off to a fast start now you need some help you need some help from your punt return guy not fumbling the ball away um, but this game on Sunday, as as much as it scares me because of the Bengals' pattern of getting off to slow starts and uh, some recent issues against the run, what changes the dynamic entirely is the Bengals start the game offensively with their foot on the gas. Joe plays great. Bengals play from ahead. Atlanta's not ill-equipped to close the gap. That's the next box I want to see them check. And it would be great to see them check that on uh, Sunday. As for tonight, FC Cincinnati on the road against uh, the Philadelphia Union. Um, and we're gonna you're gonna hear us talk in, in greater detail about this game with uh, Pat Brennan. You you haven't played tonight. That's in 20 minutes. You haven't played tonight. Uh, one of my my favorite sports tropes slash themes. FC Cincinnati this year this season has been a smashing success, and I, I don't like the term upstart, because that sort of suggests that from a talent perspective, they don't belong in a game like this. I don't believe that. The thing that has stood out to me from maybe not game one, but all season long is they've looked physically and athletically capable of standing toe to toe with everybody in this league. Uh, They've looked the part. Also down the stretch, I did not see a team that played tight. I saw a team that played loose, even with a fair amount of pressure hovering over it. And even after some pretty disappointing non-wins this season. But they're playing against the Philadelphia Union team. Look, if if FC Cincinnati wins tonight, this is an upset, right? A huge goal differential for for Philadelphia this year. They've given up just 26 goals all season long. They have the goalkeeper of the year in the conference or in the league. Uh, They've got a nine-match home winning streak. They had a plus 46 goal differential this season. They were dominant. Now, they weren't dominant, obviously, against FC Cincinnati, but they're also a team that has established a pretty long recent track record of regular season success, but not necessarily matching that with postseason success. And, you know, we do this all the time in sports. The L.A. Dodgers recently maybe would be a prime example. Perhaps the New York Yankees would be. I maybe think to a degree the Buffalo Bills this season will be an example of this. The team that keeps getting there but can't get the big breakthrough in the postseason and come home with a championship. Soccer's postseason is extraordinarily random. We're not playing best of five series. We're not even playing best of three series. It's a one-off. In games, in a sport that is sort of inherently close because it's not like you have that many four or five goal games. Um, There is a fair amount of pressure on the Philadelphia Union to break through. They're playing against a team that has, quote, Nothing to lose. 
they're, quote, playing with house money. I don't love saying that because it does diminish the opportunity FC Cincinnati has in front of it, and you don't know when they're going to be back, but that dynamic could be in play tonight, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. A couple of other things here really quickly, Um, and this has been something that I've referenced a couple of times, but because of just all the different stuff we've had going on, haven't had much of a chance to talk about it. The UC Bearcats are back on the field on Saturday. And if this team is going to accomplish what we think it can, I, I, Dan Horde said this in the postgame show after the USF game, I, I think there were two things you circled. One would be the Arkansas game. Two would be the consecutive games against SMU and UCF on the road right in the middle of the season. Now, I would add to it the Black Friday game against Tulane, and I also don't think the ECU game is going to be that easy. But here's a really critical stretch, and it's coming off the heels of a game in which the Bearcats, on either side of the ball, didn't play great. Um, they still have some lulls offensively. They struggled against the run against USF. The, the thing to me about the USF game that stood out more than anything else was the crowd reaction to Ben Bryant. Like, I'm rooting for the Bearcats to win for all the normal reasons I do. I'm a big Bearcat fan. I have no rooting allegiance to Ben Bryant, right? Aside from having a chance to interview him a handful of times, it's not like we're boys. And I like Evan Prater. And I was the guy who during the offseason was trying to make the case for Prater to play. I want to see Ben Bryant absolutely ball out these last six games, which, by the way, statistically, the year that he's having has been spectacular. Didn't play well against Arkansas. Had a bad underthrow against USF. It is interesting to me that there are a fair number of UC fans who it's not about preferring one quarterback over the other because, again, for me, I really can and have made the case for Evan Prater. It's the people that aren't going to give Ben Bryan a fair shake. I think that's kind of sad. I want to see Ben stick it to those people. One other thing really quick before we go to Atlanta. Um, Among the, the many different initiatives we've seen recently in baseball, the one that I find to be dumbest is the magic runner rule in extra innings where they place a guy on second base in the 10th inning during regular season games. We do not do that during postseason games. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we've had a couple of extra inning games here in the playoffs, including one that went 18 innings. Astro-Seattle Game 3. Won by Houston in Seattle to wrap up the series. I saw today on Sports Media Watch that that game was the most watched LDS Game 3 since 2018. 
on a Saturday in which there were other baseball games being played concurrently and on a Saturday that might have been the most entertaining college football Saturday we've had, certainly that we've had all season, and maybe longer than that. The game kept an audience and grew an audience in extra innings while they actually played real baseball. Not Mick baseball, not drive through baseball, where the, the inning starts with a guy on second base. If the game is compelling, the audience is going to hang. That game was compelling. Extra innings already have enough tension and excitement for most people who are going to be watching. And if a game does drag on, guess what? There's going to be a curiosity factor that's going to bring some people to the table. And that's even true in the regular season. All right. Why have the Falcons gone three and three when some people thought they might win three games all season long? Have they finally found their coach? And is my guy Des Ritter ever going to play? We'll get answers to those questions when we head to Atlanta. We'll do that next. This is the Ortho Cincy Mo Eggers show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. The Bengals fight the Falcons. Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Speaking of Tony Pike, he is at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Wright. If you are in northern Kentucky, heck, come on, if, if you're on the Cincinnati side of the river, you can be there in minutes. It's uh, pretty close. It's actually pretty close to I-75, and it's not that far from I-275 either. Uh, right off the uh, 3L Highway. Uh, Tony is with us at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. What's going on, Tony? What's up, Mo? And as you said, I mean, this, there's plenty of time still to get here. Not only if you want to come say hello, but you do get to capitalize on happy hour until 6. It's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. And what better night to do so than when you have the amount of sports that are being played in meaningful sports. You know, if you're a Cincinnati fan, you've got FC Cincinnati, you've got baseball playoffs. NBA, hockey, NFL, and what should be, you know, another great Thursday night uh, NFL tilt. But it's the perfect spot to come and enjoy some great specials and at the same time watch some great sports tonight. Yeah, a lot going on. The beer is cold. The food is good. I think the most underrated burger you could have is the one at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. The All-American. Yep. Correct. Correct. I've had is, that twice, is your, is your, is, had is your company already. still there? Twice today? Uh, yes. Yes. No, not wow. twice today. Just once today. Uh, yes, Tom Moran, Tom Moran, since the last time we spoke, has bought me a beer. Bought your food? Yes. It's a big day. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, Very good. Well, hey, uh, for, for folks who are listening, because we, we put out the APB for somebody to buy Tony a beer. We're three for three in that regard, right? Yeah. All right. Now, Mo, if, you would, if you're listening, you would enjoy, Mo, go because ahead. The, the gentleman that bought me a beer is an avid Locks of the Night listener, and he was leaving here and heading on his way to play some bets on tonight's sporting events. Wow. You can't beat that. If, uh, if folks are in the area and they can get there before 6 o'clock and they mention this conversation to Tony or the guy that he's with, Tom Horan, Tom will buy your dinner. There it is. Uh, you, you can tell him I said that. All right, we'll, we'll chat again in a few Perfect. minutes, Tone. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mo. All right, uh, Ortho Cincy Mo Egger show on ESPN 1530. Uh, Will McFadden is the host of the Believe in Falcons podcast on the Believe Network. He's on Twitter, 
at Will McFadden. Talk about this Falcons team. They're in Cincinnati, obviously, on Sunday. Three and three. Why has this team gone from one that I thought may, might win three games all season long to one that could be considered one of the more pleasant surprises in the NFL? Yeah, that's a great place to start because it really seems, and honestly, I was thinking about this, dating back to the preseason, one of our main takeaways coming out of the preseason, which you know, we all know that the preseason doesn't mean anything, and I'm not saying that it does, but even rotating in various lines throughout the depth chart, you know, you're getting down to your fourth, fifth string guys, players that won't even make the team. The team had a level of just competency that was really high. And we were talking about that just as maybe a good sign of the depth for the future. It turns out that this is just kind of a little bit of a hallmark of this team under Arthur Smith. I mean, think back to last season, the Falcons weren't really supposed to be much of anything. Yeah. They still had Matt Ryan. They still, Entering the year had Calvin Ridley, but the season did not unfold the way they thought they would, and yet they still managed to win seven games and be in a lot of um, close games. The key there is that they were getting blown out by the good team. This year, they have stuck with every single opponent that they play, and they've done it through a mixture of, of running the ball with, with great consistency and efficiency. Um, they're one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, not just in terms of total output, but um, efficiency, especially on first down, they really dictate two opponents um, with their running game on early downs, which sets them up really well for third down. They're one of the best third down teams. And then defensively, it's just been kind of improvement across the board. And, and I'm really having a hard time putting my finger on exactly what has changed. Guys are all just playing better. It just seems like they, they understand their role a little bit more. Maybe they're being coached a little bit differently and techniques are a little bit more sound maybe it is just a schematic thing but overall players are getting the very best of themselves and the coaching staff is getting the best of this team as a whole kind of as a result I watch this from afar it feels like Arthur Smith is the guy he's he's impressive as as somebody who's around it and talks about and covers this team on a daily basis why has this team responded so well to him I think he's just kind of a straight shooter um, I, I think that in the locker room, he's going to, you know, call it like it is. And not, not that Dan Quinn wouldn't do that because they, you know, they would always, you know, at least say publicly that tell the truth Monday, they'd go in there, they'd point out flaws, all of that. But there is a level, I think, of accountability. Um, Anthony Rush is a perfect example. A player, a nose tackle who the Falcons added midway through last season really came on strong um, at the end of last year, kind of gave the Falcons that bigger body in the middle to play nose tackle because Grady Jarrett, a lot like Geno Atkins back in the day, a bit undersized for the defensive tackle spot. So he's not really a three, four nose. Anthony Rush played that role really well. Coming into this season, we kind of thought that that would be a, a starting spot for him. It was, but kind of due to injury to start the year. And then the Falcons cut him in week four in a move that I think a lot of people were scratching their heads at. They have since replaced him with uh, Abdullah Anderson, who is playing much better. And I think that that is a, an example of accountability with in the locker room of saying, look, you may be kind of getting praise in public, or you may have a certain contract, or you may have a certain standing with historical regimes, but we are coming in here and we're looking at it all as a blank slate. And we're figuring out who wants to be here, who um, is going to hold themselves accountable. They don't want to have to focus on motivating players. They want professionals who come in and do their jobs. And then schematically, the dude is off the charts. I mean, especially when it comes to the run game and the schemes that he's been able to design. 
the passing game leaves a little bit, leaves a lot, frankly, to be desired still for Atlanta, but with what they've been able to do on the ground. And a lot of that does come from Arthur Smith's creativity and personnel package usage uh, is kind of second to none. In my opinion, I, I think he has been lights out in terms of a play caller. And then the results speak for themselves on uh, what he's getting out of these players in the locker room. You talk about the offense, and they've obviously leaned really heavily on the run. They had Marcus Mariota throw all of 14 passes against San Francisco, and the good news is he completed 13 of them. Can they? Do they have the personnel to expand what they're doing at least a little bit? Because I wonder about this game on Sunday. The Bengals have had all sorts of early game offensive issues, but if they finally get in front of somebody, can the Falcons expand what they do in the air and keep up with an offense that they have to, to chase from behind? I think that is much harder, ironically, without Cordero Patterson, who a lot of people you know, would think of as, well, they, that's the Falcons starting running back, so why would that impact their ability you know, if they're down by two scores and they've got to start throwing the ball uh, like San Francisco had to last week? He was such a huge weapon kind of out of the backfield because they could split him out wide and not really lose anything. The Falcons have, I think, had a lot of success because – of the way that they use their personnel groupings and formation looks. So they could easily be in 22 personnel, which is two running backs, two tight ends and go from like a jumbo heavy look with two running backs in the backfield, standing next to Marcus Mariota and motion into, you know, a kind of a four wide set. And they, they haven't done that specifically as much as they did last year, but it's the way that they make defenses prepare for every single person. So I think that that gets taken away a little bit if they do have to play from behind. And we really haven't seen the Falcons totally have to come from behind. The Rams game would be the best example of that this year, but they also got a lot of uh, help from the defense and special teams in that game to, to make them do it. So I don't think the Falcons are the best equipped team to play pure drop back. You know, we have three receivers on the field on every single play. Their kind of reserve receivers are interesting. They've got Brian Edwards, uh, who people may remember from his days in South Carolina, and then in the NFL in Las Vegas. Zamir Bird is an interesting player, and then Kaderil Hodge has also emerged. But Alameda is a key as Drake London and other top two receivers. And then everybody knows Kyle Pitts, but they haven't done too much through the air so far this, this year to make me think that if the Bengals jump out to a 21-3 to lead, that the Falcons have a, enough firepower to really come back. Will McFadden, one of the hosts of the Believe in Falcons podcast on the Believe Network. Will is on Twitter at Will McFadden. Uh, talk to me about the defense because I, I look at the injury report. I see a lot of guys on that side of the ball. They've been good this season. Where is the strength of this defense and uh, how much do the injuries they're dealing with right now compromise their chances on Sunday? Yeah, it's a, it's a great place to start. Casey Hayward being uh, out, placed on injured reserve on Monday after uh, injuring his shoulder in the 49ers game. That's obviously huge. Uh, he's their number two corner and started playing better as the, as the weeks had gone along. AJ Terrell also injured in that game. He got in a limited practice session on Wednesday. Uh, it, I, my personal feeling is that he probably will be able to suit up for this rematch against Jamar Chase, but that remains to be seen. Michael Walker also missed this last game. I think he's trending kind of in the right direction, but as far as the strength of this defense, it's kind of been a little bit of a different case at different moments throughout games. Grady Jarrett is off to one of the best starts of his career, three and a half sacks 
already. He has been so, so close to a few more, obviously, the, the call against him uh, and Tom Brady a couple weeks ago made national headlines, and I, in my opinion, rightfully so. But he has been rock solid throughout games, but really in these clutch moments, the Falcons have found ways to get turnovers at a pretty impressive clip. They had a uh, defensive touchdown last week and then another huge interception in the second half to really kind of put that game away for them. And the linebackers have really impressed me. I mentioned Michael Walker being out last week, but second round pick uh, Troy Anderson, who, I mean, looks like a superhero, <laughs> an insane upper body uh, is really long, but he can run a, like a four, four, five or something. The dude can fly. There's a, a punt return that Ray Ray McLeod had that should have been probably a touchdown. And he just hawks him down from all the way across the field. That is one of the coolest things I've seen. He played really well in his first start last week Rashawn Evans um, is putting together a pretty good season. So I, I know I just kind of mentioned everybody on the defense there, but that's what I'm <laughs> kind of getting at when I, when I said like, I'm having a tough time truly figuring out why this unit's better. It's just that they're making plays and, and it's seemingly coming from everywhere at the right time when it does come. All right, last one. My guy, Dez, uh, you know, back before the season started, we talked here like the most ideal scenario for us who are, you know, Bengals fans, but also UC fans is Dez doesn't play until things bottom out for Marcus Mariota when they play the Bengals, and then he takes over and he kills it and the Falcons never look back. That obviously isn't going to be the case because Marcus has played okay. But how is Dez done? Do you think he's going to get any run this season? What's what's the vibe? What's the word around him? Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He was the, you know, probably biggest story, I think, of the preseason for Atlanta. Obviously, part of that has to do with the fact that he's a quarterback that you drafted um, pretty highly. So that's obviously just going to lend itself to interest anyway. But the way he performed really did get people talking. He looked pretty decisive on his throws. He showed the athleticism that I think was always underrated throughout his time um, in Cincinnati. And it was never a question of, of whether or not Marcus Mariota would start the season, but given the way he played in the preseason, it, it was like, all right, well, is he going to make it a little bit more of a battle sooner than people thought uh, as, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, people were really starting to clamor for Desmond Ritter. Marcus Mariota had, had a lot of fourth quarter issues, you know, the fumble against new Orleans, uh, a lot of fumbles, frankly, in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, during the first several weeks, he's cleaned those up. He's obviously 
won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award this past week for his performance against San Francisco. And bottom line is I think Arthur Smith really trusts him and trusts his decision-making in what is a very complex offense with a lot of read option schemes and a lot of, uh, I think, moving parts. That, to me, may be the biggest obstacle for Desmond Ritter. Uh, the big news about him kind of when he first stepped on the scene was that he was ahead of the curve for a rookie and learning the playbook. But given just how expansive this offensive playbook seems to be, uh, I wonder if they, and given the way, you know, Mark, Marcus Mariota has played, this staff may love the opportunity to let Desmond Ritter continue to learn, continue to develop. This is the hard, the opening stretch for Atlanta, the first seven games concluding with Cincinnati is the hardest stretch on their schedule. After this, it, it kind of seems tough to see Marcus Mariota lose his job. Um, you know, obviously a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. But as of right now, I would say maybe we don't see Desmond Ritter in, in 2022. Certainly if Falcons are making a, play, a playoff push unless an injury does occur to Marcus Mariota. But what we did see from him in the preseason, I think got a lot of people excited. Awesome stuff, Will. Uh, I appreciate the time. Enjoyed the podcast, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Anytime, and uh, good luck to you guys on Sunday. Will McFadden is the host of the Believe in Falcons podcast on the Believe Network. He is on Twitter, at Will McFadden. I hear he has a brother named Tim. Uh, check that out. Bengals and Falcons on Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock. Pre-game coverage, by the way, from the Holy Grail on ESPN 1530 begins at 9.05 with uh, Ken Brew, Tony Pike, and me! Me! Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, the conversation with uh, Pat Brennan, who is uh, previewing tonight's FC Cincinnati playoff tilt on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. FC Cincinnati takes on the Philadelphia Union in the MLS Cup playoffs. Coverage begins tonight at 8 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. We've got the game tonight on ESPN 1530. This is the Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show, by the way. Ortho Cincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is the orthopedic authority. Uh, we've got the game tonight on ESPN 1530 from Philadelphia. Tom Galletter, Kevin McCloskey, and Alex Steck. FC Cincinnati in the conference semifinals of the MLS Cup playoffs, taking on the Philadelphia Union. Uh, coverage starts at uh, at 8 o'clock. Pat Brennan covers FC Cincinnati for the Inquirer and Cincinnati.com. Playing an opponent tonight with a plus 46 goal differential this season. They have the goalkeeper of the year. They've given up just 26 goals allowed all season. They have a nine-match home winning streak. Yes, FC Cincinnati did beat them this season. Yes, Philadelphia Union uh, failed to beat FC Cincinnati this season, and that's the only Eastern Conference teams uh, team they could not beat this year. Uh, but this is still uh, an uphill battle for the Orange and Blue. How huge of an upset would this be if FC Cincinnati can pull off another road postseason win? Oh my gosh, wow. It, it would be one of the biggest um, upsets in uh, recent years in MLS Cup playoff history. Just, I mean for the simple fact that FC Cincinnati is, you know, the lowest remaining seed in this year's playoffs on either side of the bracket, East or Western conference. And then you just think about the fact that the union have been, you know, a standard bearer, not just in terms of wins and losses, but in, in terms of how you build a team and getting return maximum return on minimum investment. They're one of the lowest spending teams in the league, Mo, and yet they have this like juggernaut, uh, group this year that's just you know they they've been they run riot 
offensively. They've been historically good defensively. And contrast that with FC Cincinnati's recent history of just, you know, abject. I don't, you know, I want to use the word failure, but it's what it's been for the last three years. So th- this would be uh, mon- this would be a monumental upset. But FC Cincinnati's shown they can play with Philadelphia, and uh, it it should be a good game. Suffice it to say. I was talking about this before I brought you on. So, and and you could speak to this certainly far better than me. One of my one of my favorite sort of tropes in sports is the the, the team. <laughs> That keeps getting to the postseason. They have a lot of regular season success, but they're still looking for a huge postseason breakthrough. Philadelphia Union, they've been postseason perennials, had the best record in the conference. They're hosting this game. They have home field throughout, right? I mean, it feels to me like there's a fair amount of pressure on that team to not just win tonight, but win the whole thing, whereas FC Cincinnati, I hate the term house money. Uh, because it minimizes what they could accomplish if they win tonight. It minimizes their chances. But, I mean, let's let's be real. They they, they were wooden spoon regulars, and now they're in the, the quarterfinal round of, of the league's playoff tournament. This season goes down as a smashing success no matter what. How much of, of that could be in play tonight? I think anyone that has played organized sports or college sports all the way down to beer league softball, Mo, can – appreciate the dynamic that you're talking about. And I really mean that the idea of being the underdog that's already overachieved going up against the team of whom in Philadelphia's case, all the expectations are of them. And there's a great chance Philadelphia comes out tonight and plays super tight because of that. You know, there's, there's also a train of thought that uh, FC Cincinnati might have to weather a little bit of a storm in the first 20, 25 minutes of this game, because you know, it's going to be a sold-out crowd, obviously. Apparently, they've been selling standing room tickets uh, for this match for close to a week. So it's not like Philly, Philly had to scurry to sell these tickets. People are going to be there. It's going to be noisy. You know, maybe uh, the the uh, like a, a decent home crowd, which New York didn't have that against sure. Cincinnati on Saturday. You know, maybe that'll help them push through here. But... I, 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 you're absolutely right. Like, there's a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, it's a, it's a look ahead game if you want to put it in that in terms of that sports cliche as well. But again, because like you said, it's not just for uh, Philadelphia has been to this round and won before. Uh, the expectation is for them to go significantly farther than this. And like we've already established, Cincinnati has played them. You know, I don't I don't think any team in MLS this year frustrated Philadelphia the way Cincinnati did. And uh, it's, it's just everything on paper screams should be Philadelphia, but just what people that watch Cincinnati regularly know they are not going to be, they are not to be counted out. And uh, they're certainly not to be counted out against the Philadelphia team that they finally, after four seasons had great success against this year. Given given the the lineage which connects uh, the front office and the coaching staff from Cincinnati to the Philadelphia Union, how much do you attribute this team's success against Philadelphia to having that familiarity? Um, a, a lot, uh, obviously, a lot. You know, no, uh, Philadelphia's got you know a couple key new players in the fold this year that. Um, GM Chris Albright, who came from Philadelphia, and head coach Pat Noonan, who came from Philadelphia would have nothing to do with in terms of acquiring them and bringing them into Philly. But, you know, outside of those players, very few people will know 
Philadelphia the way Chris Albright and Pat Noonan will. And that's scary. That's another thing that's really scary for Philadelphia, you know, um, in terms of the, the meat of the Philadelphia starting lineup and players up and down the bench, Pat Noonan knows what makes them tick. He knows all their tender spots and he knows what they're great at. So um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that you have two people intimately familiar with how that team was built and the players in the, on the roster and the fact that Cincinnati played them so well, that's just, you know, I think, and this is, this sounds, I make it sound worse than it is, but do I think FC Cincinnati was maybe trading on insider information there in terms of preparing for and beating the union back in August? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And it'll be the case again tonight. All right, what did they expose that they have to attack tonight? Um, well, I think that's a really tough question. <laughs> Philadelphia is so good. I think, look, um, Philadelphia has a goalkeeper who is the three-time reigning goalkeeper of the year. They have a center back who was named defensive player of the year this year. Uh, Brandon Vasquez stole that boys lunch money in the game in August at TQL stadium really roughed them up. Good. Um, Philadelphia really had trouble dealing with um, kind of some of the backdoor runs, the off ball runs of players like Vasquez of Brenner. And if you can, you know, obviously FC Cincinnati's kind of triumvirate of all-star players, Brandon Vasquez, Lucho Acosta, Brenner, they need to stand up and be counted tonight. And if, if they can, you know, if they can play uh, the way they're capable of playing, even if one of them of the three, you don't even need all three firing tonight. If you can get one of those guys to come out and, you know, brush, brush the union back early, uh, play them hard, keep them honest and kind of avoid a deluge early on. I think it just, you know, it, it's going to open the game up for Cincinnati and, uh, Philadelphia showed they have they have significant trouble keeping track of Vasquez and Brenner and Lucho when when they're on the field. So if, if Cincinnati can replicate that, um, it, this could be a long night for Philadelphia, and you cannot rule that out. Not many people pick FC Cincinnati in this game. I, it's tough for me to get a read on how it's going to go tonight, but you 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 cannot you absolutely cannot rule FC Cincinnati out in this game. That would be insanity at this point in the year all right man i appreciate it as always enjoy the game thank you yeah thanks a lot mo have a good night all right one more check-in with our guy tony pike he is at the buffalo wild wings in fort Wright. uh tony you've been having fun all afternoon but there's still a lot of fun to be had at b-dubs yeah it's a perfect night for it it's the best place around to watch sports it is the sports equinox tonight there are games all over the sports spectrum but mo i should also preface this because we spend all of these conversations talking about sports even if you don't like sports it's still a great place to come because of the great drink specials you've got appetizer specials you've got buy one get one free boneless wings every thursday night you don't have to be a sports fanatic to enjoy b-dubs on a night like this it's great because of all the tvs but i don't want to alienate mo those folks that might not want to come here to watch sports but want to come here to enjoy the great food and drinks I guess what I would wonder, while you're right, if you don't like sports, what are you doing listening to this right now? That is also a great point. Perhaps you just flipped over, you just got in the car, 
You don't know what's going on, but no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to alienate anybody here. You're listening to this show against your will, and you're about to get freed. Yep. You're thinking ahead to do uh, B dubs in Fort Wright. All right, you are there until uh, you are there until uh, six o'clock tonight. Correct? Yes, sir. All right, uh, we'll send people there. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mo. All right, Tony Pike will be there for another couple of minutes at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Wright. Our show's just about over. Don't forget FC Cincinnati tilt tonight in the playoffs against uh, the Philadelphia Union. You can hear it on ESPN 1530 at 8 o'clock. I'm with Tony for the first hour of Cincy 360 tomorrow. And don't forget, if you're going to the Bengals game on Sunday, or you know what, even if you're not, uh, I'll be with Tony and Ken Brew at uh, the Holy Grail from 9 to 11.30, pregame sports talk live on ESPN 1530. Looking forward to that. First time we've been together since uh, the first game of the season against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, we got to run. Uh, my thanks to Taryn Bland for producing, and, of course, thanks to you for listening. Have a great night. This has been the Ortho Cincy Mo Egger Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. It's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often.